0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the Blood Red Podcast on Friday. I'm self Sean Bradbury is host and I've got with me Paul Andy, and Ian Doyle. We're going to look at Jürgen Klopp's presser today, assess all that the boss said, look back at NK Dons in midweek and of course look ahead to Sheffield United tomorrow. Uh, gents, how are we doing? Gorsty you uh, had a good week, a good trip back from Milton Keynes? Good trip back, yeah. Me, me Ian Doyle and David Lynch.
1: Uh, Listening to a few tunes on the way back. We maybe. did. Yeah. It was good for you, because you didn't do any driving. Yeah, yeah you had that's it all driving. Yeah, yeah. Three <laughs> hours. Um, got back about 2.30am, and uh, I wasn't in work the next day, was I? No, yeah. you were not. But uh, Yeah, it was a uh, good, good night for, for all concerned. A uh, number of young lads got a, got his a debut and um, plenty of experience backing that up. And good to see it mesh, and I think... Um, I think that kind of, that's the kind of team we'd probably like to see against the Arsenal in the next round.
2: Before mm-hmm. we go best. any further, we'd just like to say about MK Dons, the stadium is very nice, Yeah, uh, the facilities are good. Yeah. However, two things, one, the Wi-Fi went off in the second half, which was extremely stressful for anybody working on the game. And the second thing is the the food they provided, as Paul will agree with me on this, uh, before the game they provided pies, which we had a choice of cheese pie, steak pie or chicken bolty pie, which was good. And it would have been even better though had they actually provided any cutlery. Oof. So you try eating a very large <laughs> steak pie, a nice runny, gooey one, while unable to use a knife or a fork or a spoon. How, how did you manage? Well, I, I went for the chicken, uh, the chicken bolty one, and uh, fashioned a kind of using the lid as some kind of you know, <laughs> scooper, Fish. and uh, and, it, and it worked. So I, I was I was made up, but some of the others were very unhappy. Wow.
1: Plunked in the middle of a retail park as well, isn't
2: it? It is, yeah. yeah. Well, to whole Milton Keynes. are just roundabouts, isn't it? It's like mm. the Scheme of the South, as I call it. It's a very niche Northwest <laughs> reference, <South>. that is. <laughs> but you've ticked off a new ground, so yes. you're happy, happy in that I'm respect. happy. And it, as, as I agree with Paul, the uh, actual performance itself was fairly decent for a team that would have never played before. Uh, it had a very strong spine. You had a look at the midfield in particular. What was it? Mm. Lallana, Cater and Oxlade-Chamberlain. Mm. But uh, it was Milner. Uh, James Miller playing left back, who was the you know the captain. He led by example, and it gave some of the youngsters a chance to to show what they could do. Looking at Harvey Elliott, so you know I've, I've, we mentioned him in a pod earlier this week. That I've seen him quite a few times now for Liverpool at various levels, and he always just looks not want to say class above, but he looks classy. You don't hmm. think oh, there's a 16 year old lad who make you know becoming Liverpool's the youngest player ever to start a game for Liverpool. Uh, Curtis Jones looks like he's progressed massively in the past last 12 months. He's found himself a position playing on the left side of that front three. Uh, he's got a bit more confidence about him. Looks like somebody who can somebody who can be pressing for a first-team place. Certainly this season, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on that in a bit from, from what Jürgen Klopp said in his presser. And then there was Kiana Hoover, or however, as he always gets typed in all of our stuff, <laughs> uh, pops in with a goal and he's somebody else. It's incredible to think. I just wrote something about him before. He's 17. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, thought he was, I thought he was older than that. He's still only 17. Yeah. And I think he's 18 very soon, isn't he? Um, but, you know. The future is bright in that in that respect for Liverpool. Well, let's start with that then. This obviously
0: was one of the key things Klopp was discussing in his press conference today was the youngsters and how he thinks that they are Premier League ready, but they'll have to be patient and wait for their chance. Said all the right things, Gorstey, but who do you think of of everyone who was on show on Wednesday night, who do you think is closest to the breakthrough? I mean, Curtis Jones. Uh, Milner was speaking about him after the game yeah. in, in your piece. He got man of the match, didn't he? And like he's mm. he's even though he's eighteen, it kind of feels like I don't know, like the, the others, are Elliot's 16, isn't he? Like uh, Dory's just said, was 17. He feels like a bit of an elder statesman, but he's still very young. And, and what was that, his 2nd second, second yeah.
1: appearance? Yeah, his debut was uh, at Wolves in January. I, I was there for that one, and it was a tough night for him. Uh, he fared much better on Wednesday night. He was so willing to, to attack the, the right-back every t- every chance he got. And it, it was the same case as Jones you see for the under-23s, and, and you've seen for the under-18s. And he should have taken on the armband, actually, for Neil Critchley's side, so... He's got that little bit of responsibility now on his shoulders in that team and he's just sorted his contract. He's got his first professional contract, so it looks as though everything's progressing swimmingly for him. Mm. Um, plenty of time on his side to develop and improve and there's a few things that he needs to work on. And James Milner said as much. He said there are times when you need to give him a rocket and there are times when you need to put your arm around his shoulder and just tell him that he can do what do what he does so well in the final third, but, but leave it in the final third. Don't be trying stuff in strange areas where you could lose it because you, this isn't youth football anymore. And he has appeared to have taken this kind of advice on board. I thought he was very good the other night. But to answer your original question, who do I think is closest to knocking on the first team door? I'd probably say Keanu Hoover at right back. Mm. I think long term, he's a centre-back and he's got so much athleticism and pace and strength, um, which is why he can't play at right back. And there's probably a position for him there at some point in the Liverpool team with... Basically, they've only got Alexander Arnold, he, at this point. Um, Nathaniel Klein's out injured and still yet to see what's going to happen with him long term. So I think possibly Hoover is, is the one who's closest to featuring a bit more regularly in Jürgen Klopp's first team.
2: Do you, we you go along with that? I know uh, we discussed Harvey yesterday on the agenda. I agree 100% with that about, yeah? about Hoover. I think that he is somebody who probably will get, whether it's from the bench. Uh, you know, let's put it this way, if he was on that, uh, okay, everybody's fit. Of, there are enough fit senior players but if he was on the bench say on Saturday against Sheffield United I don't think anybody would bat an eyelid especially if he then had to come on for the last 20 minutes or whatever I mean, bear in mind Rafa Camacho mm. did that against Crystal Palace didn't he? Yeah. Um, a great, great Craig yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. what, uh-huh. the, yeah the one thing he did in his Liverpool career before leaving <laughs> I think, I think uh, Hoover's Liverpool career will last an awful lot longer than Camacho's to be fair uh, if he wanted to because I think he will get opportunities but yeah I think, I think think well, the interesting thing with the youngsters is that with that game on uh, Wednesday, you mentioned you were at the Wolves game. I wasn't at that one, but uh, Jones was in midfield, wasn't he, for that yeah, one? Yeah, And when you are in those central areas, because it was noticeable that the one Liverpool player, the youngster, who perhaps didn't do as well as the others on Wednesday was Ryan Brewster. Although for him personally, just actually playing after so long, waiting to yeah. actually make his game, that's a massive deal for him. And he'll, he'll play so many more better games than he did on, on, the, on Wednesday. But all the others were playing in wide areas which is the responsibility isn't quite the same as, you know, it's a very, not limited position, but you are playing on the right, you are playing on the left. Mm. You don't often come over to the right or the left. You're playing centre, you can be all over the place. There's a lot of ground to cover. So I think that that was something that helped Jones and helped Hoover and helped, helped Elliott.
0: It's early days for all of them, but I'll put this question to both of you. Do you think what we saw in midweek and what we might hopefully see if, if they play more games, which I'm sure they will, they'll have extra opportunities in at least some of the cup competitions, you'd think. Do you think you can start saying that the summer transfer strategy has been vindicated a little bit in the sense that there was there was suggestions that you know a lot of these guys were were on the cusp of breaking through and there were pathways there that you didn't want to block if you signed, you know, fringe players we were only going to stand between them and say the first team guys would you would you go along with that costly? To an extent,
1: yeah. I mean, I think I think they're going to have to have a, a, a bit of a cup run, aren't they? Because otherwise they're not, they're not going to play. I mean, these games in the Carabao Cup, they are literally playing for their ne- next appearance, um, mm. which is going to be in the next round, in the next round, in the next round. So Arsenal at home is going to be a really tough one because you'd imagine Arsenal are going to put out, put out a similar kind of uh, strategy to Liverpool where they've got a little bit of experience with, with plenty of youth. So that's going to be a really interesting game. And um, if Liverpool can get through that one, then again, it's another chance for Brustet, um, Harvey Elliott and and whoever else you know Sepp Vandenberg he come off the bench didn't he Um, so it's essentially just about how much of an impact can they make in, in these competitions they're not going to play in the FA Cup until January um, until the very earliest so this is th- this is the big opportunity for them now in this competition and so far they, they look to have risen to the challenge because I thought I thought it's across the board All the young lads played very well the other night, and uh, okay, it was only League One opposition, but it's against the League One team who've got designs on getting to the Championship, um, even getting further than that, and they're full of experienced senior pros. So, um, a very,
2: uh, very good night for them. An important night in in their young careers. Mm-hmm. I think it's way too early to say that. Yeah, and I think the they, they kind of gave themselves away a little bit. Liverpool with what Pep Lindo said before the game, where he said we were surprised by how good. Harvey Elliott is when he started Mm. training with the first team. So they didn't have any expectation, presumably, of him him making many appearances this season, but he's forced his way into the reckoning. And I think when Klopp's spoken about not wanting to disrupt the group or bring in players, certainly when he's spoken about the pathway, he's he's more spoken about Brewster, hasn't he? He, He's the one that they've been waiting on. So I think Liverpool, you know, transfer window's gone now, but if Liverpool had gotten another forward, I wouldn't have been too upset. But the bonus is that it looks like, as you say, Jones and certainly Jones and Elliot could, if there's an absolute emergency or they need players to be taken out of the firing line at certain times in the season, they could come in. And I don't think anybody would be too massively bothered. But, you know, MK Dons are League One. Also, they were a bit weirdly compliant, I thought, for the first hour. Mm. If they'd have done the most of the game, what they did in the last 20 minutes, then would have been interesting to see what would have happened with yeah. Liverpool. But but to think of the reason that he didn't is because Liverpool played so well first half. And why did they play so well first half? Oh, yeah, it's because Elliot and Jones were playing so well. Mm.
0: Moving on to, a, well, I guess, a, a much more senior man than the lads we've discussed so far, who did play well also and was back in the fall, was Joe Gomez. Of course, you spoke to him afterwards and... Caught a bit of a frustrated figure in what you were saying in terms of his lack of game time, but at the same time, I think he said all the right things, didn't he, about Matip and Van Dijk. What, what did you make of that conversation?
1: Yeah, it, it, he, he struck all the right notes, you're right. I mean, he did say he's frustrated not to be playing, which is understandable, because I think he's started one game has he this this season, one Premier League game. But um, he accepts that Van Dijk and Matip are the, are the, the right partnership at this point. Um, it's nothing you wouldn't expect... Uh, professional to say if, if, if he comes out and he says oh yeah fair enough they're playing and I'm happy just to buy me time on the bench you wouldn't really believe him <laughs> or maybe he'd be lacking a bit of motivation so I thought it was fair enough. Um, the are fortunate that they've got a, a very good centre-half waiting in the wings of either Matip or Van Dyke pull up injured and I thought it was good to see him back on the pitch. Um, it was interesting actually because I asked him about Harvey Elliott and he said I'm used to being the young one in the team you know 21 he's just turned 22 and he was looking at Harvey Elliott, he's six years younger than him and, and he was he had to take on a bit more seniority and a bit more responsibility because there were so many young players out there. So I think that'll only help him actually in terms of uh, developing a bit more responsibility
0: in the first team and uh, yeah, um, I, I thought he, he was spot on when he said. Mm. I think that's, that's true of Gomez, isn't it? He did kind of step up and I know he's one of the highest in your player ratings on the night. Do you think the whole situation with him and Matip it's well it's been a fair fight hasn't it they were both there in the summer they were both able to be the the first choice centre-half at the beginning of the season and now Matip is the one who Gomez has got to displace do you think it's it's a case of Matip being undroppable and being good rather than any kind of dip in the form of Gomez
2: well I don't think there's, there's any arguments about that I mean you've also got to bear in mind that you know Gomez was out for a very long time last yeah. season from December and it's Took him quite a while to get over it. Yeah, I, did, I thought he had a very good game on on Wednesday. Showed good pace, good reading of the game, used the ball well, and yeah, maybe he did step up had a bit more responsibility. Certainly, the third choice centre back. Uh, I think Lovren, you know, everybody knows he's fourth choice. And again, I thought Lovren started quite rustily under Yeah. He did. In, in, in midweek, but by the end of the game, he was doing really well and did that clearance off the line to help yeah. to help keep the clean sheet. So I think Liverpool are well blessed in that department. I think you mentioned about the attitude. Of Gomez, I think that's all the way through the team, all the way through the squad even. That's why everybody's the way that they are. It was interesting. I know Linders again spoke before the game and he was saying we haven't got any fringe players, we've but we've only got, you know, all of the players and some of them play and some of them don't. Mm. But let's be honest, that's not quite true. There are obviously certain players who play a lot more than others. But when they're out there training, I think that they're all they're all putting each other under the right kind of pressure rather than sitting back and and bemoaning the, their lot. And I, I think it'll be, it helps at the winning, let's be honest. The, the the reason that the Matip's playing all the time is because Liverpool have won 15 consecutive Premier League games, and he's mm. playing, I think, he's nearly, nearly all of them, hasn't he? If not all of them. And um, that's why he's playing. That's why these players are playing all the time, because keep on winning. Should Liverpool start getting some negative results and some injuries start kicking in, then it's good to, to know that Gomez is absolutely mm-hmm. ready to go. And I think once... The international breaks, not so much this one, the next one. After that, you're looking at December. Liverpool have got tons and tons and tons of games. They'll all be important. And you would expect him to be starting at least half of those. Mm. And presumably, he'll still be fit by then. And that's why Jurgen Klopp has always said he wants his players to be ready. And they're proving, as he proved on Wednesday, that they are ready. Mm. Well, the man
0: who was keeping Gomez out of the team, Joel Matip, was discussed in the press conference today by the boss. Klopp said, um, exactly what it was, in a world of big transfer fees, signing Joel on a free was incredible. One of the best pieces of business we did. Um, go along with that, Gorsty, I mean, there's, there's little to kind of disagree with there. He's, where, where, would you, where would you have him then? Let's, let's do it slightly differently. A little while ago, me and Theo had a bit of a debate yeah. about, about free transfers at Liverpool have had in recent seasons and where, where Matip would rank. And I think we eventually agreed that he would be third, maybe behind Gary Mach and Milner. Do you think he deserves to be right up there?
2: uh oh, you put so, him on the spot there, isn't
0: it? so funny, <laughs> because now I've I've held my hands up a few times on
1: this path and I'll do it again <coughs> uh, hands held um I was not convinced by Joel Massa up until maybe as recently as February when he, he came in for the Champions League game didn't he against Bayern Munich at yeah. home mm. and I remember being slightly concerned that a fourth choice center back was going to be playing alongside Fabinho against a team as good as them and since then he's he's, he's proven me wrong um, he's he's been excellent hasn't he and um, you look at you look at the, the price of centre backs now, and they're in vogue. Are they to pay massive fees? Mm. Obviously, Liverpool almost got the ball rolling with that with Van Dijk at seventy five million. Man City paid sixty odd for Laporte. Um, even Otamendi was was over thirty odd. Um, Harry Maguire was eighty million, was he? And Van Dijk, uh, come in on a free three years ago. Um, so the more you look at it, the, the more you, you you see the Klopp does have a point with that. And you think of the the cost of defensive partnerships now. Liverpool's is seventy five million, which I'd argue is probably one of the one of the more modest um, combinations yeah. with Matip and Van Dijk, and obviously all of that has has gone on Van Dijk. So, yeah, um, a, a superb signing. Looking back on it, yeah, can't argue with with that. Where would they have him as a free transfer? You remember Gary Mack, For all for basically that that uh, spring that he had when, oh, when it was three April and May, when he just seemed to be he, he could do no wrong. And James Milner's been superb for four years. Um, so I'd have him somewhere around there I don't know don't know where, where he'd place 1, 2 or 3 but de- definitely in there
0: Doily I think our top 5 was Mill number 1 Gary Mack number 2 Matt at number 3 Aurelio 4 and Maxi Rodriguez 5 that's
2: interesting no Did Marcus Babbel
0: um, I argued in favour of Babbel for the 5th spot but Theo won on rock paper scissors
2: which <laughs> meant uh, um, Maxi Rodriguez it. <laughs> so uh, yeah that was I'd, the contentious have, one I don't know about the l- the lower numbers but I think Milner top, Matip second now. Won the Champions oh. League. He jumped
0: yeah. ahead of Gary Mack. Yeah. Stars at the,
2: well, the Champions League. League. Yeah. And, and, and in a Premier League team, they got 9 million points, <laughs> even if they didn't win it. But And, and he's you know he's, he's been a mainstay in a team that's won 15 in a row. What more could he do? And he was also he's very, very good against Chelsea on Sunday. Mm. And I've not been on the pod since then, but I just feel as though I need to mention just how good he is. And he has been consistently Liverpool's best defender since the turn of the year.
1: Mm. I think one thing that's over, always overlooked with Matip as well is... Um, when he when he was in the, the you know the latter stages of the Champions League with Liverpool, it wasn't anything new to him because he was he was in the semi final with Schalke, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 2011, Good I think. Why not? That. that that often gets overlooked, and that that was a point Klopp was making in his press conference where he said he's been around at Schalke for years since about 18. He he's learnt and he's become a top European defender, and it's not a surprise to him that he's doing so well because he was the one who sh- saw that he was available and and nabbed him on a free transfer or pre contract agreement
2: in. January 2016. Mm. Interesting. Klopp also made the point that he doesn't perhaps doesn't get the credit deserved sometimes because he's tall. Yeah, but he's a yeah. bit ungainly. Sometimes a bit like with that, some of the stuff. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> yeah. it's because My you're, 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 not, you're, not as, you're not quite as good as Joe Matip, and you certainly never play centre back. <laughs>
0: fair. Um, right. Well, we'll move on to the keeper situation, which was also discussed by the boss in his press conference. Doily. Um, well, first of all, tell us tell us what was said about Allison. Where's he up to? He's he's on the comeback trail,
2: right? He's been training with the goalkeeper coaches, which we knew anyway. Whether I think I think it's been about a week now that he's been doing that. I think it may he be. Said, he he, he yes said he was yesterday, yesterday but yeah. I think he may have been doing it already. Um, but in any case, he's rather hopeful that Allison will be training with the first team on Sunday. Presumably, they'll be having a warm down session on on Sunday, or or whichever players weren't involved in the game on Saturday would be involved. But point being will be training properly with everybody else, whether even if it's just the goalkeepers. So the calf injury, they've mentioned a few times in the past, it's a serious one for a goalkeeper because they, while it, you think, oh, they don't use the feet that often, well, actually they're using it all the time and they do an awful lot of jumping and you put a lot of pressure on your calves when you're doing that. And as, as Klopp said, you know, Alisson's a bit of a big lad, so he's an awful lot of pressure going on those. So it's something that needs to be right, I mean and he also so hopefully he's going to be training from Sunday onwards, uh, but with Adrian doing so well, club said that there's been no real emphasis or need to to rush uh, rush Allison back. By which by which he explained it may be you know if you've got a positional problem, four or five days you cut four or five days off the rehab. I'm not talking like three months. So they did mm. make a bit of a joke saying it's if, if Adrian had not been doing that well, that after one week would have said to Alisson, get out there, you know, limp yourself into the goal. <laughs> don't think that would have happened. But it's interesting that Adrian has meant that people just aren't really talking about Alison that much in that sense. They're going, well, just make sure you get yourself ready. I mean, Alison's a better goalkeeper than Adrian. Everybody knows that. Adrian knows that. But but Adrian is a lot better than a lot of people expected. And well, I think it's helped in that he got thrown straight in, straight away. Didn't have any yeah. time to think about it. Yeah. And then he got his mistake out of the way in a game where... Liverpool were already winning. Like like Alice last season, a yeah. Times, yeah. it didn't cost Liverpool in the end. He's made some good saves, got the early you know, bonus of winning the Super Cup, making the save in, in the penalty shootout from Tammy Abraham. So in that sense, he's done everything that needed to be. And it's hard to remember the last time there was a standing goalkeeper for Liverpool that's done quite as well. Because if you look at Mignolet and Karius, they weren't standings. They were, they were competing for first mm. choice. So neither of those were... Standings. Klopp could never make his mind up whether he was first choice between those two. So I'm trying to think who was the last time a, a standing came in. I mean I'm old enough to remember Mike Hooper when he came in when Bruce Grobler had I think meningitis or something. Oh, like they thought he had something in the,
1: like. in the Champions League. But then he was it wasn't he, he, run the games, was wasn't it Scott Carson maybe. Steve Scott
2: Stolten. Carson. But Steve Carson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, People like that. So,
0: Paul Jones so, did he even play? He did. He, did play, he played yeah. a couple of games. But he was was he standing? He was only no, there because somebody. Patrick Losey.
2: You know, so you look at yeah. these names, but they they only played two, three games. Mm. Or, so to say, Minule. Even when it was like in the in early nineties, it was, was it Gravelar or James, and Friedel came in. They were never stand-ins; they yeah. were actual competing, people no. competing mm. for the first place. And I, I, and I don't think Adrian will ever be competing with Allison for the top slot. And I think he knows that. But how many clubs have got know, a standing goalkeeper who's done quite so well, quite so quickly? Mm.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo
2: when you think about it in that perspective then, Gorsley, do you
0: almost, I don't know, you almost feel a bit sorry for him? Because as soon as Allison's fit, he's going to come back in, isn't he? There's, there's no question about that. But then, yeah, Adrian's won every single Premier League game he's played in so far. He's, he's won a Super Cup and was a key part of that in terms of the penalty shootout. All right, didn't win the Chargers Shield, but Penalty shootout could have gone either way. He wasn't you there know, then. Was he, that's was the thing, He, not, yeah, he wasn't even standing until he not to the there. following day. Yeah, that sounds that, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of That's the of wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, no, sorry, yeah, yeah. Well, then his record's even better than I thought it was. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's going to be displaced as soon as the as the main man's back. Um, I don't know, I guess, you know, you can look back on this spell and it, it'll be uh, incredible memories for him. But is it, I don't know, is it almost a little bit unfair that he's going to be on the bench again soon?
1: No, I, I wouldn't say so because when you pay sixty five million for a goalkeeper and you you win the golden glove in the Premier League, then you win the copper, then you win the Champions League with the golden glove, then you win the copper America with the golden glove. This player's got every right to be starting for the team mm. who's bought him. So it was unfortunate, Allison picking up that injury on the opening day of the season. Adrian has come in and exceeded expectation beyond most people's you know hopes, and uh, he's done great. Fair play to him. But I think as soon as Allison is fit and ready, then he comes back in. But I think, obviously, because Adrian has done so well, the need to get Alisson back hasn't been so great. And obviously Klopp made that exact point, didn't he? Um, I hope I'm not patronising Adrian by saying that this these few weeks have probably been the highlight of his career. He was mm, like training fair. with a second division Spanish team over the summer after five years with West Ham. And, um, he's come in, he's won the Super Cup, he's playing in the Champions League, making incredible saves against Napoli and... Um, playing for the Premier League leaders and, and deservedly, um, well, deserves to be there on on form. So fair play to him, but I think as soon as Alisson is 100%, which doesn't look like it's going to be too far away, then I think he comes straight back in.
2: I also think it makes life easier further along the line when, say, the Cup games come up and Adrian gets put in, there won't be really any, yeah. any of that acclimatisation yeah. thing because they'll all know what it's like to to, to play alongside him. And it may be that Klopp will decide, oh, fancy... Resting Allison, I mean, why you'd rest a goalkeeper, I don't know, but he may just decide to give Adrian a chance for, for certain games, knowing that he's he's able to do it, and mm. he seems and he seems the kind of again going back to the attitude and the characters of the, of the players. Klopp's already spoken about how much of a great character is he about the place, and some of the other players have said that as well. Mm. Final point then from the press conference, um,
0: Mr. Professional, as Klopp referred to him, James Milner. Gonna mention, and I think as we've already said, he, he was another standout player in midweek, despite being twice the age of Harvey Elliott. I think those were probably probably the two main men on Wednesday night. And um, one thing Klopp wouldn't be pressed on, Garcia, was was Milner's contract situation. Yeah. I mean, obviously he was he was hugely positive about him and the role he plays in the squad in terms of you know being the, a role model for the young players, not least, but also a, a key part of the first team squad. Where, where do you see things? panning out with that though? Do you think he'll, he'll still be here next season and it will all get resolved?
1: Uh, I really hope so. I think he's got less than 100 days now until he can speak to a foreign club on a pre-contract agreement. But I think Liverpool would be foolish to let someone of his experience and quality go for nothing because, as you've seen the other night, he, he was so influential for so many of the young players and, and guided um, a lot of them through that and popped up with a golden assist at mm. left-back. Um, just moved seamlessly into a position he hasn't played for was oh, well over a season that was two seasons. A lump, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and didn't miss a step. Um top player, top professional, the most experienced player in, in the whole squad and not just the what the squad that was out the other night. And um players like him um shouldn't be discarded so easily. I'd see no problem with another year at least. He's the, one of the fittest in the squad at the age of thirty three. No brainer. Um why wouldn't you, is my answer to that.
0: Mm. Dory Leeds, obviously, it's very, very early days, but Leeds, top of the championship. Could you see, if they come up, could you see him potentially go in there next season? Or do you think, like Gorsi says, he, he still needs to be part of that Liverpool setup? up
2: It's up to him, really, isn't it? I can. I mean, this is a complete hypothetical situation in terms of, I don't know. But I, would, I know that Liverpool have approached him and... and Well, there was talks, wasn't there? There was early talks earlier this year, preliminary talks. And since then, there's been nothing as far as... Mm. Certainly, that was what Milner said a couple of months ago. And I'm not sure whether anything's happened since then. Because Liverpool aren't really saying a lot on it. I can only imagine the any kind of thing is that Liverpool were happy to give him one year and he wants more. It's the only thing I can think. I mean, maybe maybe something completely different. That would be just a complete guess at what I'm saying. But in, in terms of the Leeds thing... I mean, yeah, he's still, what is he, is he's 33? He's yeah. 33, mm-hmm. isn't he? So, and the way he looks after himself, you can imagine him playing for at least another three, four years at the top level. I mean, there will come a time where his, his legs will actually go because it happens to, to to everybody. And then he has, he'll he have to have a think about things. But for him, you know, he's, he's, he's a Leeds... He's a Leeds lad. He's, he's he's done the rounds of all the teams that Man United hate. I think he said this before. He said this himself in the past. I mean, who has he played for? He's played for City. City Liverpool, yeah. Liverpool, Newcastle, Newcastle, Leeds as well. It's all the big so, one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, So, yeah, for him. I mean, it may just end up being down to him. Maybe he's just he just thinks, like, I might want to go back to Leeds. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. But, as course, he said, I wouldn't want him to because... He'll, he keeps on every single year. It's like you think, oh man, Milner's not going to play as much this year, and then it's, oh look, he's playing all the games. You know, like he, come on, played a part in the Champions League final by s- helping set up. Okay, he took the corner, but you know, <laughs> help and waste a lot of time to, at the end. Um, so you know, he, he's got something that you know at the moment none of the other players have got, which is that experience. you Look, mm. Henderson's getting towards it. He'll be there, Lalana, but he doesn't. You know, he doesn't play. He, well, he mentioned him, didn't he? He mentioned he mentioned those three yeah. Milner, Lalara and Henderson saying that when they're on the pitch, there's no chance that anybody can be given anything other than a hundred percent because he was asked about is there any kind of suggestion that some of the fringe players who played against MK Duns would, would be thinking, Oh, MK Dunn's why am I playing in this game? But he said, Nah, when you've got one of those three on the pitch, in particular Milner, as we saw on uh, on Wednesday, that everybody's given a hundred percent. And that's what the again, it comes right back to what we said, said earlier about, of said about Gomez and the attitude, is that they've all got the right attitude, which yep. is why when they come in, they want to do their best because they want to play for this, this team. Mm, absolutely. You can't buy that, can you?
0: Um, right then, well, let's look ahead to the opponents tomorrow. Start with you, Gosty. Sheffield United, decent scalp at Everton, level with Man United on eight points after six uh, games. It kind of feels like, I there's been a lot of chat about Norwich after their win against City, and even ahead of that they came to Anfield and played well, but Sheffield probably been the most quietly impressive of the promoted teams. Have you uh, kind of caught your eye so far, I think. To be honest, they've gone a little bit under the
1: radar, haven't they? But um, I know that they, they come up playing this expansive style, which maybe caught quite a few people by surprise in, in the Premier League. And uh, even Klopp mentioned it today with their tactics. Manager um, Chris Wilder kind of gets the centre-backs to... To bomb on which is a bit of a strange tactic. but it seems, <laughs> it seems, uh, yeah, yeah, it seems to be working so far for them, doesn't it? And obviously they got the the draw at Chelsea, which was a great result for them. Um, I think David McGoldrick might be out tomorrow, which is a big bonus for Liverpool. But yeah, um, I think they've basically just just carried on from what they what they did so impressively last season, haven't they? Hmm. and I think if they carry on doing that, they will um, they will get points and. and Hopefully, from their, their perspective, stay up. But um, tomorrow is going to be a really different game for them. I don't think they will have come up against the side with the quality of Liverpool, even allowing for Chelsea at home. So I think it'll be a, a tough, tough game for them. They might tweak it slightly and put um, one or two more men behind the ball than normal. But uh, it's up to Liverpool to break that down. And I can't really see Liverpool not. Not coming away with three points, to be honest.
2: Mm. I think Liverpool will, will be aided by the fact that last season, obviously, Ben Woodburn was at Sheffield United, mm. so they would have paid a, <coughs> a certain amount of attention yeah, certainly true. the first half of the season as to what was going on with the uh, Bramall Lane. So they'll have seen, look, if, if Woodburn he couldn't get in the team because they were playing that well mm. and they ended up getting promoted. So, so yeah, I think they have gone under the radar a little bit, despite you know they got two very good results. but Both those good results were away from home. And the home record, I'm pretty sure, hasn't yeah. been massively brilliant. And a lot of the games are really tight. So for all this beat, I don't think they've been tonked by anybody, have they? No. Um, they got beat by Leicester at home, didn't they, 2-1? They got beat by Southampton 1-0, was it? That's right. Crap. And they did they draw against Aston Villa or on Norwich, or am I just making this up now? They definitely drew an early game. Yeah, it was they drew 2-1, yeah. two lost
0: And they said they got a positive goal difference. So yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think they've been spanked by anyone, as you say. Yeah,
2: so I think it's going to be a lot tighter the game than I think people... And also... Liverpool tend not to do very well at Sheffield United. Historically, they don't have, from the top of my head, a particularly great record there. So I've just cheered everybody up there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's going to be a really boring game that Liverpool won't win.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we pick our teams, we'll just take a little look at this. Well, this is certainly positive. The Reds have obviously got 15 wins in a row as it stands in the Premier League. Um, and some stats emerged that um, in one of our other podcasts, actually, but just put put these things to you, to you two guys as well. Three more and three more wins in a row if they get them, and they equal City's Premier League record for eighteen consecutive yeah. wins. And also the one I didn't know if um, three more and that, and that would be nine wins to start the season would equal a Premier League record set by Chelsea under Mourinho of, of nine in a row at the start. These things, of course, obviously they're, they're great when you get them, and then you know at this stage now when they. are almost on the cusp of them, maybe things might be a little bit nervy, but do you think this type of thing would play on the mind of the players or it's more for you know fans and the media to think about?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's more for the likes of us. Uh, Klopp got asked a similar thing, one of his first questions, about the 15 games in a row, and he got asked it a couple of weeks back and and probably a few weeks earlier than that, and he just says every time we just think about the next game, we don't think about these kind of runs, and the only time we ever mention it is when it gets brought up in, in press conferences, so I don't think Liverpool players will be... In the dressing room tomorrow, with with their eyes on that Manchester City record, I think it'll just be firmly focused on picking up the points and extending the lead to eight points, which will put quite a bit of pressure on Manchester City. You, you travel to Everton later that day, which is not an easy place to go. Liverpool mm. fans know that more than anyone. So, um, three points early tomorrow will be a, a bit of a statement, to be honest. Because I think it, I think that does shift quite a lot of pressure onto City. Because if they don't win, then it's it's a huge gap already, isn't it? With with just seven
2: games played. I'd like to talk about Manchester City and corruption. But before you get all <laughs> worried about what I'm going to say, it's how they have corrupted Liverpool's minds in terms of the fans. In that, now you're right, no one's thinking about those records. Everyone's just thinking about, we need to win the next game yeah. because... And I think it's helped in that sense because that massive run of games just kind of crept up, didn't it, at the start of the season when mm. they won like, the first two and was like, hang on, they've won how many in a row? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's mm. like everyone had completely forgotten. The last time he dropped points was to the major in March. Yeah, which we often get reminded about by yeah, 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 yeah. like evans supporting colleagues, um, but yeah, I think what City have, that City have done it's just channeled the focus. It's almost made Klopp's job so much easier for him. People, at the, the players, just clearly are not looking beyond the next game. Mm. You know, unless it' okay, League Cup game. That some of the more regulars were thinking, "Oh, are not playing in that one," but you know, they're looking at the next league game, for example. So that, that that's all they're not. They're looking at. The, I mean, they play Leicester. Is it at home? Next week, yep. next game, Brendan Rodgers' return, etc., etc. That'll be a big story, but absolutely no one's thinking about it. Mm. And then when they come back from that, it's Manchester United, another massive game. No one's even thinking about it. So it is like City have done Klopp's job in that sense because it's just made it so much easier to for Liverpool to be a whole bunch of James Milners and be Mr. Professionals. Mm. Right, before we pick the team,
0: I'll put you both on the spot for one final time. There we go. Um, you're right, I agree with you. The game-by-game approach is, is clearly the mentality of the squad, but there is, <clears throat> there is a bigger picture, which is the Premier League title. And I was looking at the odds of the day, and it's pretty much level pegging uh, between the Reds and City now. Who would you have a favourite for the title at this stage? Doily first.
2: City. Yeah? City, City, absolutely, no doubt whatsoever. I think Liverpool, they will... What, what will be interesting is Liverpool don't win a game or, or lose a game for the last season the only one they lost obviously was Man City mm. They he drew two games before then which was uh it was it? Uh, Chelsea away and Arsenal away they were the two yeah. games yeah. and then when they had that little spell where they drew with Leicester, West Ham Everton United I think that's all the games that they didn't win wasn't it? Yeah. So that's yeah. it that's yeah. all yeah. the they games they didn't well win well. and when they were drawing those games they were like oh, oh it's finished it's over they're never going to win it and all this it's like well you know okay they didn't win it but only because City got 16 billion points and um I think to it's onto fine that. margin. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> um but yeah, I think City are still favourites because two reasons. One, they've got a bigger squad and two, they know how to win it. Ghosty.
1: Yeah, i would be inclined to agree. I agree with Doyle to an extent where it's like one little stumble from Liverpool and not so much in inside the camp, but outside the camp, it all comes crashing down, doesn't it? And Everyone's moaning and, and then the mood just completely changes like that. After so much good work, you see it happen time and again and there's a lot of bickering that goes on and, and that okay, won't affect the players as much but just seeps into the fan base a little bit, doesn't it? Um, City have got more options across the squad, um, better equipped to deal with injuries. So City just put Liverpool's lead at this stage of the campaign is... Very healthy, isn't it? Only, um, we've only played six games. I know, six games. Five, five points clear. Exactly, mm.
2: yeah. It's only six games, so there's a long, so, a long way to go. Yeah. Mm. Right, I might ask this question every week. <laughs>
0: no, until, don't please do well, well,
2: the other thing, they don't say the Van City corruption thing. That's the negative. That's the negative to it, that when Liverpool then do, which they will do, because they were not going to win 38 games in a row in this season, I can, can exclusively reveal that <laughs> on this Blood Red podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when they do, they, then because City will have have won then it's like panic stations. It's like exactly, yeah, because oh, yeah. you're thinking, City are just never ever going to slip up. So when they do, that's why you know they draw with Tottenham at home, and in a game that they could easily won easily, and yeah, you know, the, the VAR thing at the end, which they played really well. I mean, Norwich they, they lost that one, and City had about 103 percent of the ball. So you know, this is hardly a Man City team in crisis, is it? 1-8-0. Yeah, exactly. They just beat Watford 8-0. 8-0. And what are they do in the League Cup? 1-3-0. So since they got beat by Norwich, they've scored 14 goals and conceded none. So that's, that's not too bad, is it, mm. for a team that's it, 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 having a nightmare? Mm. So I think City are still the ones, and... Yeah, but let's let's also Liverpool are quite good at football as well. They well, are the European champions. And they think are City and Liverpool are so far ahead of everybody else; it's ridiculous. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the Liverpool team to try and press home the advantage tomorrow and make a bit of a statement ahead of City playing at half five uh, at the back. Well, it's got to be Adrian, hasn't it? There is there is, there is yeah. no doubt there. Callum had a
2: good game. Though. He did have a good yeah. game. Yeah. Very good yeah. Save, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
0: He's one for the future, but he's not for tomorrow. So yeah, he's our goalie. Back line is it? Is it just the usual suspects? Gosty.
1: I think so, Trent. Robertson,
0: Matip, and Van Dijk. Mm. Gomez not sneaking in.
1: Um, maybe at right back, but I, I thought Alexander Arnold was very good against Chelsea, and I'd like to see him um, continue. Mm. Uh, Do you
0: go on? Yeah, can care. Midfield three, then any any surprises there? Fabinho plus two. Are we thinking? Oh, yeah. This is an mm.
2: interesting one. I think yeah. Fabinho plus two. Uh, I'd quite like to get Milner in, but I don't think he's going to. Henderson mm. Wijnaldum is going to be. Henderson Wijnaldum. Yeah. Which does, yeah, does feel I'd, like...
1: I'd like to see Milner in there because I think it might, might get a bit scrappy and a bit... And he'll, he'll be well up for battle.
0: it, won't
2: he? Yeah. See, like he hates Sheffield United as well, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so perhaps that's Fabinho, Milner, Henderson? I'm going with Wijnaldum rather than Milner.
2: Sorry. Okay. Okay. What are you uh, going for? You've got the casting vote here. Uh,
0: for me now, I think that Henderson, Fabinho, one album feels like the the go to. It feels like the first choice three, doesn't it? And yeah. given that none of those featured midweek, did they? So nope. um, I, I just think he'll he'll just go with that again. It's it's a big big game, isn't it? Not the, not that big on Wednesday isn't, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it two one for that for that trio, um, and then front three then. Ghosty, start with you. Is it is well, it again? money Manny's okay,
1: isn't he? Uh, good news on his injury front. After his dead leg, he, he hobbled past the mix zone at Chelsea and looked a little bit of a of a worrying one. Mm-hmm. But Klopp said that he's back today. Um, so you'd have to pick him, and then yeah, Manny and if Salah and Firmino.
2: I think a might play instead of Manny. Yeah, on yeah. on the left. Or? Yeah, yeah. I've just got a funny feeling.
0: Mm. No, no, no chance for Harvey. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well there you have it then I think that probably is the team I think we've probably certainly got 9 or 10 of them there maybe a a couple of little ones for for Klopp to make a big call on tomorrow Um, but yeah half 12 the Reds hopefully they get all three points put a bit of pressure on City going into tomorrow afternoon and make another statement in this title race make it 7 out of 7 and continue their perfect start to the season we will be back on Monday to dissect the game look back at that and look ahead to the Champions League clash on Wednesday just doesn't stop in the minute does it two games a week for for the foreseeable future Uh, so thank you for listening today and we'll be with you again on Monday Nice one.